Hey, welcome to Love, Hope, and Stories. My name is Jennifer Mosquera. I have my friend Misty Drake here with me. Hi, Misty. Hi. So thanks, everybody, for joining us for this Be Strong September series. I think this is week number five. We have been discussing what it looks like to be strong and to ask the Lord to be strong in our lives. Just tying it all together, why we are concentrating so much on being strong so that we can be strong in the world, so we can be strong for other people. We've been walking through Philippians and then Colossians. I have to tell you, Misty, I cannot read just one verse of Colossians. Like when we do our morning (laughs) devos, it's really difficult for me to just read the passage that's assigned for that day. Um, I end up reading Colossians, like the entire book. It's only four chapters and it is an entire letter that Paul was writing. And so... I'll read, um, my practice has been where I'll read the verse of the day or the verses of the day, but then I have to go back and I have to read it all in context, you know, start from the very beginning. So I think just to walk through kind of where we are, I feel like our whole idea of being strong really comes down to understanding our identity, like really getting a hold on my identity is rooted in Christ. Just reading that very fir- the first couple of words of Colossians, Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. And it just so captivated me. Like, what if I lived every single day knowing that Jennifer, whatever my task was for that day, to be a wife, a mother, you know, a friend, that I'm doing this by the will of God. I think a lot of times we, we want to ask God for his will, And we say, you know, there's like, we just can stress and have such anxiety over, am I doing God's will? And this passage, it just, the Holy Spirit just kind of flipped it for me and said, Jennifer, you are in the places that I want you to be in. So walk in that knowing that you are there by my will. Whenever I go to a therapy appointment with my daughter, that I'm there by the will of God. Or when I take my son to preschool you know, just dropping him off or picking him up, that I'm there by the will of God. It's not just these are normal things of life, you know, that we all do, but it's like there's just more of a confidence of walking in and saying this is the will of God. There's purpose. Things every day in life are not just meaningless. There's a point to pretty much everything, and depending on how we interact with those moments we can choose like you said to recognize being in the will of God and seeing maybe what he might have for us during those times takes a lot from us to be able to not engage in the way that we would naturally want to like maybe not really ignore maybe ignoring people in the waiting room you know while you're waiting for the appointment or And even if you're not intentionally ignoring them, but choosing to not engage in conversation Mm -hmm. because we all can get so caught up in our minds or what we feel like we need to do in those moments. So just sacrificing that space Mm -hmm. if we if we need to, to recognize there's more to what's happening each day. Yeah, it, it really is a mind shift for me. To think, I'm not just, I don't have to just think about what I'm doing, where I'm going, what, what I need to do next. But it, when I realize that I'm there by the will of God, I'm in that space at that time with those people by the will of God, it does put just so much purpose and it makes me look up and look around and say, 
okay, God, you're here. You're present here because I have brought you here, you know? And that goes into like the whole first chapter of Colossians just really establishes the supremacy of Christ. That he is, you know, verses 16 through 20 talk about the words, all things, that Mm -hmm. all things were created for him, that he made all things, that he has established all things that, and it, it sums it up and says all things, he's reconciling all things to himself. Every single thing in life, all things will bow to the name of Jesus. And so whenever I'm suffering in a situation or I feel like I'm suffering, you know, this is not a comfortable thing or I don't really want to be doing this today. I'd rather be doing something else, you know, or this situation's not turning out the way I thought it was going to be. Whenever I'm suffering, this is why I can rejoice is because I know that he's going to reconcile all things, that this moment of suffering is not the end and it's not the way that it's always going to be, that I have hope in Christ, that he is going to reconcile all these things to himself. And that includes me and my situations, my loved ones. It just really gives me a, a deep sense of identity. And so in chapter two, I just love it because over and over, like three different times, he says, Let no one take you captive or let no one pass judgment on you or let no one disqualify you from Mm. knowing that God is strong in your life. Yeah. And I mean, of course, that's a paraphrase of mine, but just that idea of no one, which even includes me when I think about the situations that I'm in, like, don't even let yourself be disqualified, Jennifer, or don't pass judgment on yourself. Yeah, that's good. Don't even let yourself be captive. And I know you talk just about the authority of not being captive to our thoughts, but taking our thoughts captive, flipping that switch and taking those thoughts captive um, and making them submitted to him. This is how, whenever in verse three through four, he says, Christ is your life. And just having that identity that when I walk around, I don't want people to necessarily see Jennifer, even though realistically, they're going to see my face, my hair, my clothes, you know, they're going to hear my voice. But what I want them, what I want to live more is that Christ is living through me and he's being, he's the one that people are being drawn to, not Jennifer. I mean, that's such a head idea. There's practical outplays of that, that I know you want to talk about. Yeah, I think it's very easy to get caught up in, you know, reading it, maybe even writing, you know, down some notes and praying about it. But then, man, what do I actively need to do in order for this to be successful in my life, in order to not just know it in my mind, you know, that I am strong in him or that's where my strength comes from. I need those practical everyday things to do. And I think it takes me back to when we talked about, when Paul talked about at different times, the word daily keeps coming to mind. Mm. And I'm the kind of person who, man, I just want to do it one time, get it done. Yeah. I don't care. Perfect. You know, like that's just my natural drive. And I think when I came into relationship with Christ, that was one of my biggest hurdles to cross and almost like the hardest part of my cross to bear, if I'm being honest, because it's like, okay, Lord, tell me what I need to know. Tell me what I need to learn. Tell me what I need to do right now. I'm going to do it and I'm going to be done. It's great. Next. What's the next thing? Yeah. So like, I like to ta- do it, tackle it, move on. And that's how I'm driven naturally. But when we receive Christ, 
we're not, we are walking naturally in this world, but I have to choose to not walk in the natural. And so he literally talks about putting off things that are going to push us further and further from relationship with him, things that need to be polished maybe out Mm -hmm. of me or need to be worked out of me. So I think the idea of putting away all evil desires, covetousness, idolatry, and like idolatry meaning Misty is the like owner of her time. Yeah. I'm gonna, like I'm gonna get up and like do what I want to do in my time in my way. If I want to do nothing but sit on my couch all day, then that's what I'm gonna do. Never even opening the word or talking to God. Like how ignorant is that? Mm-hmm. And yet it's like a choice that I make, you know. And mm-hmm. so put all of that off. Like just put it away because you are not you. Like. I became new when I received Christ and every day um, his mercies are new to us every morning. And so I need to choose every day to like walk in some of these applications. So like put all of that off and then he tells you what to put on. I think it's in verse 10. He talks about putting on of chapter three, putting on the new self, Mm. which, and he says, which is being renewed. So that tells me it is constant. Yeah. Like my new self is constantly being renewed, which we know is sanctification. Mm-hmm. And so we are constantly being renewed. So again, that goes against Misty's natural drive to like one and done, right? but like a constant thing. So I have to continue to choose daily moment by moment to put off being angry or jealous or spiteful or, you know, coveting and, choosing to put on which he talks about in verse 12 like be holy um be compassionate in your heart be kind be humble show uh meekness so be meek and be patient bear with one another and so he says if you have like if you decide to mentally put off those things and choose to put these on it's literally like when i get up every morning I mean, I think I used to think a whole lot about "Mm, what am I going to wear today, you know, and like Mm -hmm. try to figure out now it's just like whatever's comfortable, whatever works, whatever makes sense (laughs) for today. So I don't know that I put too much thought into it anymore, but it's the same thing for me. Like if I'm going to, I have to choose what I'm going to wear. I have to choose what I'm going to physically put on my body Mm -hmm. to walk out the door. Why would I not take the same level of care to choose how, what I'm going to think? Yeah, that's good. What kind of attitude? put on what kind of mindset I'm going to have for the day and for every moment I mean it it's something that sounds very simple and maybe in some circumstances it is but I think that it can be made harder for us or more difficult for us if we're continuing to live our life away from his word and I recently listened have been listening to a sermon series from a church I used to attend quite frequently when I lived in Texas and the pastor had been doing a series on the word of God and like how it's our bread. It's like our, our water. It's like, you know, our food, it's what we need. Mm-hmm. And the last series he talked about was it's the light. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about, and you've talked to me about this at different stages over the time we've known each other, like bringing things to the light And like, if you're really struggling with maybe putting off anger or malice, um, if you're really struggling with like lust or pornography or 
you know, adulterous thoughts, whatever it is you're struggling with, even if you're struggling with like your diet and like fitness and health, like the focus should be bring it to the light, expose it to the light. Yes. And like the, the Bible talks about your word, like scripture tells us your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God's word is that light that we need to expose those thoughts too. So if I'm struggling putting off those things and putting on graciousness and humility and patience and forgiveness, then I need to expose myself to the light more. I can't go, especially with this whole 30, like, sure, it was great to make a plan and like to, what am I going to shop for? What am I going to cook? And like, I enjoy that process uh, for the most part. And like enjoying the food I'm putting in my body. But if I am multiple days without a certain type of food, like we can see the benefit that it's added to us. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we were to choose to go, you know, 30, 40 days without food, our body reacts in a very drastic way. So we've, you know, been working on disciplining the food we put in our body for the purpose of strength. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, it was just a personal test and discipline that I needed to employ in my life that I've appreciated probably more than anything else. But if we go without God's word daily, we're going to be malnourished. Right. So I think it goes back for me to that instant gratification versus what's better in the long run. Mm -hmm. So it can be something as simple for me application wise, like, Next week when we're not technically doing Whole30 anymore, if I, I don't want, if I don't have the time to worry about where I wake up in the morning, I'm like, mm, I don't need to worry about what I'm going to eat this morning. I'm just going to grab a breakfast bar and run and go to work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not nourishing my body properly. Or if I don't have accountability anymore to do like, you know, we're not studying, you know, the word together or whatever, then I'm not going to be as concerned about if I'm sitting down every day, which, you know, we shouldn't just need the accountability of someone else to be able to be with God and study his word daily. But if that's what you need, then that's what you do mm-hmm. until you get to a place where you're not. So I don't know. I think it makes me think about, I don't want to continue to give in. So like trying to move past like everything we've went through this month and thinking about where I'm going next, I could very well choose next week to not even care anymore, you know, about what I've learned or what I've done. But then that, none of this would have been worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I think the same goes for me, like having to recognize it, like in the spiritual battle, um, like what was this season for? What was this month for? What were these 30 days for? And how can I put that into practice knowing that Monday, technically I don't have to eat whole 30, but I'm not going to indulge or I'm not going to engage in these types of food because I felt my body, being different it felt alive mm-hmm. and so that's what I want to continue to do and the same goes with the study of the word of God and leaning into like his strength and like I need to continue these practices we all need to continue these practices of spiritual disciplines physical or like food disciplines because we do need that strength in order to make it through every day every week and to be able to do what it is that God, you know, has called us to do, or like you were talking about a minute ago, like being in the will of God every day when you wake up and every moment you choose, we really need him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm such a list person. So when I see a list like put on compassion, put on kindness, put on humility, I'm like, I have to, like, I feel all this anxiety about, okay, God, I need to do these (laughs) things. You know, like I need to put this on. And I love that how he says above all these things, put on love. So I'm like, okay, how can I love people more? How can I show them that, that they are loved by Jennifer? When yeah. the whole message of Colossians is that they're loved by God, you know? Yeah. And so for me, looking at the light, if I'm struggling in an area like, God, it's really hard for me to be meek right now because I want mm-hmm. to go off on this person, you know, especially like mm-hmm. you mess with my kids or you falsely accuse him of something, I'm going to come after you. That's how I feel, yeah. right, as a mama bear. Yeah. But Lord, okay, how am I going to show your love to to myself, to my son and to the person that's falsely accusing him, like all the people involved, how can I best show your love? Well, first I have to look at God because he is love, right? And when I focus my attention on this is who you are, this is what you are doing in the world, this is what you've done, the completed work of Christ, and this is how it's played out in my life, it helps me to like physically in my body, take a breath, calm down, and what's the best solution in meekness that is power submitted to Christ, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm going to give such a, a stronger response that's going to make a bigger difference than Jennifer just flying off the handle at somebody telling them what I think about something, you know? Mm-hmm. It, all of the disciplines that we do in our life should all lead us to love. Mm. If they haven't, if they have not produced more of our understanding of the love of God towards us and our love for the people around us, you know, like the, the reasons that we're do that we're getting strong is to better love the people around us. If all these disciplines have only led to discipline, then Mm. we've missed the whole point, right? Like that only leads to vanity. And even, even in chapter two, he talks about like Submitting to regulations of what to handle and what to taste and what to touch. You know, I think that that's so funny um, that even back then they had people telling them what they should eat and what they shouldn't do and what, you know, how they should engage. And they had a list of do's and don'ts. But all that does is promote self-religion. It only makes you be the center of religion. And that's not what God is inviting us in. He's inviting us into relationship to where love actually abounds more than anything yeah. else, than more than our opinions, more than anything. And, um, you know, I think that that's just something to really consider that at the end of the 30 days, have I grown in love? You know, like practically an example for me is last night I text you, you know, I want a yeah. pizza. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about where does that come from? Like, why is you know, 41 year old woman just craving pizza so bad. Like she's in college or something. Really Friday nights in my family were pizza nights. We would, you know, my parents would get off work. We would go. I remember this is crazy. I'm going to timestamp myself, but, um, I remember when little Caesars came into our town. All right. And it was right next door to a video rental place where you actually, you know, you actually had to go in and pick out the case and take it to the counter and then they would put the disc in there so you wouldn't steal it. Right. That was a fun Friday. Right. Yeah. Like that. And it's such a comfort because we would go into Little Caesars, we would place our order, we would go next door, pick out our movies, come back, get our pizza, go home, and we would have a family night. 
And it's just such a comfort. And even in my family, now that I'm an adult, there's a portion of that like comfort memory for me that says, it's been a long week. Our family has been through a lot. I just want to all be together with my babies and I want to eat pizza and I want to watch a movie and I just want to cuddle, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just want the luxury of to be able to do that. But I know that pizza at this stage in my life is not going to be the best fuel. And it's not going to allow me to love my family with the energy that they need in this moment. All it's going to do is comfort me. You know, that's, well, that's self-love minute. for a minute. Yeah, it'll comfort you for right then until <laughs> you felt bad about what you ate and that you're still on Whole30. Exactly. I think you make a really good point because you actually, I think you, like you just talking us through that process shows some of the level of, of like growth and things that you've recognized or learned through all of this. Not that you didn't know this before, mm-hmm. but you were really able to tap into, like you said, why do I want this? So you were seeking comfort and you were able to trace it back to, well, what you really wanted was that space with your family. Yeah. It doesn't matter what that food item is. That can go away. Mm-hmm. Now that you recognize I want to have this space with my family, you can have that whether the food is attached to it or not. Exactly. So what I did is I went and made stew. It still yeah. had tomatoes, you know, like it still had yeah. some of the flavors that would take give me that comfort. But it was going to, it it had the proper protein it didn't have all the gluten that was going to make me feel sluggish. You know, it would yeah. it was actually good in a lot of different ways for me. And it still gave me the environment of my family. We still were able to cuddle and be close. And I was able to love them better because I was fueled better, you know. And you cooked for them, which mm-hmm. that's the easy way. <laughs> yes. I think going back to what you were talking about, it leading to love, it made me think about, First um, John 4, it says, um, he talks about like us loving because Christ first loved us. But then if you read a couple verses down uh, from that, it says, if God loved us so much, then we also sh- ought to, or I say should, love one another. And it's just interesting because you were talking about let people see Jesus, you know, like, you want to love people and you, you know, Mm -hmm. took that list and like those things we need to do and we should choose to do. And because you're an achiever or, you know, that's kind of your, your drive personal personality wise, you're going to seek out ways that you can. And I just find this so interesting because I think back to um, a really close friend and mentor of mine from the time I was 15 I was really struggling with, man, how am I going to know what, how to do the will of God? Or like, how am I going to, you know, really love people? And, um, she was like, the more time you spend with him, yeah, the more that your thoughts and your desires are going to be his thoughts mm-hmm. and his desires because you've been spending that time with him. It will just naturally flow out of us. It won't be ha- have to be a, something that's on a list, you know, eventually. Or, you know, it may come more natural in those moments. Kind of like our decision, you know, 30 days from now to eat what we choose to eat is going to be influenced by what we've just been through these 30 days. Mm-hmm. And the more that we live into those practices of food and like physical discipline, the same way we live into the practice of spiritual discipline, the easier it's going to be 
if we're making the, you know, help the best choices every day. And we're not perfect. So I think when you were talking about earlier, like it's a list and like maybe could be make people anxious. Mm -hmm. I think it just reminded me of like how, like when he talks about you're constantly being renewed. Normally, I think I would find anxiety even in that kind of a statement, like because I want to be able to do it and and know that I've accomplished it and, and accomplished it, excuse me, and gotten it done because it used to make me feel like oh, I'm not good enough or I failed. So I got to do it again. Like that's, I think that's why it was against my natural drive to just do it once and be done. The idea of a constant, of constant work or constant effort. I think I used to fight it because it was tied to what you mentioned earlier. My identity was mm-hmm. misplaced and my ability to, to do it and to do it well the first time. And so the idea of something that I have to do over and over again, seemed like failure to me and that is why I appreciate now like as I've grown older and I'm sure there's still times where it may naturally associate to that but I don't feel the same level of pressure because I'm more secure in who I am in Christ because I don't feel the same need for success or drive you know that would have made me feel like a failure before Mm -hmm. if it was something I had to continually work on we can get caught up in maybe some negative thoughts about who we are. And I think it's interesting. You started, when we started talking, you talked about identity and I know mm-hmm. the Lord has so much to tell us as his daughters, you know, about our identity in him. Um, so I think it's just really interesting to, to recognize like what you touched on and all of this is because of love and we should get closer to him in order to be able to act in that love. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. He says that, um, in chapter one, verse 29, he says for this, which is what he means by this is presenting everyone maturing Christ. Like that's the goal of Paul's work, right. Is to present people maturing Christ. He said for this, I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And I, I know these are English words and we're not talking about, you know, the Greek that he would have originally written in, but I just find it interesting that he says, I toil for these things. Like I struggle for this, but I do it in his energy and just practically like in our life, I think living through Christ, we get this picture, this false picture that everything is going to be easier because we're doing it in God's strength Yeah. or it's going to turn out better whenever I give it over to God. And so if it's not being made easier, then I must not be doing it right. Or I must not be working in his strength. I'm, I, I need to toil even more, you know, like I need to strive even more to let God be a part of me when really like, okay, everybody just calm down. <laughs> like yeah. go back to the beginning of Colossians where he says, I'm doing this by the will of God. Like let's start instead of like, let's striving to attain Why don't we start working from a place, Jennifer, hello, let's start working from a place of where we already are. We already have God's strength. We already, because we're, we have been bought with his blood. We are living in him. And so what we do, how we move and how we act and like in him, we move and live and have our being right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like recognizing, wait a minute, right now I'm very overwhelmed. Why? Because I'm trying to get back into my strength when I already have his strength. So like practical application for that, Isabella, everybody knows she has very 
drastic special needs. Um, and like there are certain times when I am so overwhelmed in the moment of worrying whether she's actually breathing or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like so overwhelming that I have to stop myself and say, Lord, I need your help. I recognize that your help is here and I want to submit myself to your help, you know? And then it just calms me down to be able to do the things I need to do for her instead of having the shadow of worry and guilt and shame and all these things of what could happen, you know, just this cloud. It like moves the cloud out and just lets the Holy Spirit be there in that moment right there with me. And I just feel like I can breathe better. And a lot of times I'm able to minister to other people through that moment. You know, like later down the road, I can go back to that moment and say, this is how, like right now, you know, um, we don't have to do, we don't have to do anything in our own strength. We don't have to parent in our own strength. We don't have to read the word and attain wisdom in our own strength. Like just recognizing we already have it. Like, let's just live from that place, you know? Yeah. That's good. And it may not look like what we tell ourselves it should look like, like what you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Jesus, we talk about this a lot, I think, just personally, but then also maybe different times in this, this month. Like, Jesus is our example. I mean, for sure, my example. Mm -hmm. He was human, and he had to go through different trials and struggles. I mean, talk about... Like, he was God. He had God's strength. But this is a man. Like, he was God as a man was under so much pressure that he wept tears of blood, Mm -hmm. knowing what he was about to go through on the cross. So, yes, he, you know, said, not my will, but your will. He even was like, if this can pass from me, you know, let it pass from me. But if not, mm-hmm. and so like he was acting, you know what I mean? And like he had God's strength, like living and acting in God's strength. But he, he went through that moment right. of, you know, obscene pressure, of, I'm sure emotional pressure. Um, and, you know, that moment. So I think we do need to stop ourselves and when it does, you know, get to that point where it is so overwhelming, like, am I viewing this through what expectation do I have for this? Mm -hmm. That, you know, living in God's strength, what does that look like? That, you know, it's easier physically or easier spiritually or emotionally. Maybe sometimes yes, maybe sometimes not. Maybe for me, the most part, it's felt like not, but that's not what's important because you know what is important because in that moment when we're stopping and you're saying, God, I need your help. And, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. We have let go of that where it's about us. Yeah. It's not about me anymore and how I can do this. And it has brought us closer to our father, which is the goal in the end. Yeah. Goes back and to then, surrendering. Yeah. And we won't see maybe, you know, that, that struggle, that pain, that pressure, that whatever is not gone, is not, you know, fully completed and wrapped up with a pretty little bow and you never have to see it again. That's not the reality of the fallen world we live in. Mm-hmm. But the focus that we constantly get put back or get shifted back to is Christ. And that moment of surrender takes us back to him. Yeah. So that's our prayer is, Lord, help me to be strong here. And that only happens whenever you show up strong here. And I recognize that you're strong here in this life. 
with all the things that you've given me, good or bad, whatever my definitions of good or bad are, you know, um, and just recognizing this is where you are going to show me yourself so that I can show you to everybody else. Yeah. So, I love it. Misty, do you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Um, Father, we are just so grateful. Grateful for your love for us. Grateful for your sacrifice for us. We're grateful for the lives that we have, the community that we have, the ability that we have to um, practice our faith um, openly in the country we live in and read your word and to sharpen one another as a body. So we're just grateful for what it is that we have learned in this process. I believe the seeds that were planted of of the things that we may not have even recognized that we've learned or roots that have grown deeper and stronger to keep us faithful uh, in the practice of seeking you. So we just ask that you would continue to be with us, uh, that as we continue to seek to be fed by your word and to be in your presence, we do pray that you would draw our eyes closer to you um, spiritually and um, help us to see beyond our own abilities. And I pray that we would not naturally go to us first instead of trying to accomplish these things in our own will and our own strength, that we would be drawn to you, uh, that we would recognize, I want to pray specifically, that we wouldn't feel that it's wrong to recognize that we need help. Mm. There would not be no guilt in that or no fear in that, despite how we were raised or what society has told us. So I just pray that you would soften our hearts to that, help us to be more humble. And as we live that out, we just pray that you continue to give us your grace and your strength. We ask those things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. For all of the details, links, and downloadable plans for this series, please visit our website at lovehopeandstories.com and click the tab Be Strong September in the menu bar or click today's title to view this episode's show notes. Subscribe to Love, Hope, and Stories anywhere you listen to podcasts and join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the discussion going. I hope you are feeling encouraged to be strong this September. Bye, friends.